0: I don't know where I'm going to go this morning. I have notes. I have a lot of things on my mind, good and bad. What was the first thing you thought about when you woke up this morning? What was the first thought you had going to church? The first thought we have, and if somebody said, well, I didn't have a thought, you're lying to yourself, because we all have thoughts. They go through our head over and over and over. Today, uh, I want to talk about the mind. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I ask now that your Holy Spirit descend upon this vessel. You would anoint the words that are to be spoken. The words that are not to be spoken will be held back, and that Lord, you will have free reign, and what you want said will be said this morning in Jesus' name. There's a couple of things in our lives as Christians that become can be uh, difficult ones for us in our daily journey. One is the tongue. We all know about him. Uh, we've all been caught with that one—the tongue. So in uh, Proverbs twelve and eight said, eight twelve and eighteen it says, "The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing." Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you went to say something and the Holy Spirit clenched your jaw. And you could it was kind of embarrassing because you had started to make a statement and then all of a sudden, you can't say a word. Thank God for those moments. But the, the tongue, there are many ways in our modern society, communication and the way we say things, the tone we use, the body language that we give, where the receiver is and how they are receiving what is being said can all be offensive in one way or another if not delivered properly. Now, sometimes we deliver it, the person doesn't want to receive it. That's another story. But you and I are quite familiar with the battle of the tongue and you and I face it. And in our modern age, texting can be just as bad. Because some people don't follow the protocol of texting, and they put everything in caps. Everything in caps means I'm angry. And you get this email, and you're thinking, whoa, where are they today? Or no one knows how, what the... Uh, they don't see body language. They don't hear the emotion. And where are they when they receive it? And so you and I have many things in modern society that uh, are a problem. But what I want to talk about this morning is the mind. And the mind, as you saw on the first slide, tells us to be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Our brain is a marvelous computer, in some respects. The biggest problem with our brain and our memory bank is we can't erase it. With a computer, you can take it and wipe it clean. But with our brain, it doesn't change. It's there. Everything we've seen, heard, spoke, it's all up here. And as much as sometimes I'd like to erase my memory bank, I haven't got there yet. The only hope I have is dementia, I guess, because otherwise it's up there. And these things keep popping back. Uh, Our mind is a facility that God created and gave to us that can be innovative, creative, it can. Uh, it's for recognition and appreciation. Without the mind, and without uh, none of that, would be possible. Our mind functions on three premises: thoughts, feelings, and desires. That's where sometimes the problem comes. Is the thought leads to desire. And desire leads to action, and it can be sin. A man bought a new gadget, unassembled. He sounds just like myself. After reading and rereading the instructions, which usually I don't do, he couldn't figure out how it all went together. He sought the help of an old handyman who was working in his backyard The old fellow picked up the pieces, studied them, then began to assemble the the gadget. In short time, he had it put all together. That's amazing, said the man. And you you did it without even looking at the instructions. Fact is, said the old man, I can't read. And when a fellow can't read, he's got to think. The human mind is truly amazing. It has great power to do good or to do evil. It's what shapes our life. Our thought life shapes our life. What we think about is what we are or what we do. And so you can't control, and I can't control, what goes this way. We are bombarded day all day. There's always something happening up here in our brain, our thought life. And, you, and that is what causes many people to uh, stumble, to fall, or to walk away from faith. Our mind is a sophisticated organ. When you look at the brain, it's a fascinating organ. And every part has a role and a function and they are connected in various ways. And the more research that's done on it, the less we know. There's more and there's more and we don't understand. We have come a long ways, but there's still more we don't fully know about our our brain. But the memory bank Stop and think, just stop and think what things you'd like to erase from that memory bank. There are many things for me that I'd just like to be able to purge and be gone, but alas, it's not possible. You've heard about people at end of life experience where all their life flashes through their mind. That could be horrifying, I'm a-thinking. <laughs> I look back and I'm a-thinking, I'd just soon not see that again. Or, But we don't know that. It's stored. So what is it about thought? It can either be a stumbling block. It can be a thing from God. Or, and what do we do with it? you have those moments where um, out of the blue comes this thought and it's you're shocked. Where did that come from? What is that all about? You're going along, you could be singing a praise to the Lord and then out of nowhere comes this and you stop. and you. What we do with it depends on the, what the outcome is. Do we let it go? Or do we try to dig into it? It's when we dig into it, we get into trouble and we don't let it pass by. What we do with it will determine our day and maybe our walk ahead. We can simply ignore it. Probably one of the better things. Or we may say, if it depending on what the thought is, we may say, is that the Holy Spirit urging me? So somebody's name comes to your mind, that thought. What do we do with that? God's given us that name for a reason. That's a good thought. We can dwell on thoughts and try to determine where it came from, and put ourselves in a needless state of anxiety and stress. Or we can become immobilized because it's so outrageous. Or we can feed it, and we can, then it can become a stumbling block. Feeding a thought breeds into desire, if it's the wrong kind of a thought. There are some cases you've probably heard about, I've heard about, where people get so caught up in their thoughts that they determine they can't be a Christian. And they just walk away. To have those thoughts, "Can't I can't be a Christian. We have no control what comes through our mind you and I have control of what we do with what comes through our mind. And that's where, on a daily basis, we have to deal with our mind and the thoughts that go through it. But our minds are a conduit, conduit for God to work through. That's where crea- creativity that's where the thought comes that your na- a name is given to you or an action that wants to be done. And I was talking to a friend just recently, and he's on a journey much like the rest of us, and uh, he told me the first story was uh, when he lived in the north. They had, Remember when all the RCMP, the killing that happened there, And he had this thought that he should go to the detachment and take, I don't know what it was, he felt he was to take. And he he said, that's foolish. And he went out for a walk. And he got halfway in his walk when the thought came back to him again. I'll do that after my walk. And God said, no, you won't. You'll do it now. And he said, okay, God. And he said, I ran all the way back two miles to the bakery to do what God told me to do. So just recently, there was a new incident in his life. And he said, I got this thought related to an incident recent. And he said, okay, God, I know what I'm supposed to do now. Good thoughts And being educated by the Holy Spirit. We are broken human beings. And we will be broken until we are in heaven. When we become new creation. And so we can't control our mind. Our mind was broken by sin. Sometimes we just can't trust what we think. It's not for us. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? You and I have an amazing ability to lie to ourselves. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. No, that's normal. Uh, we do it all the time. We tell ourselves things aren't as bad as they seem, that we're doing okay when really we're not. It's no big deal when it is a big deal. In fact, the Bible tells us that you cannot be trusted to tell yourself the truth because of our brokenness, because of being a human being. That's why you and I need to question sometimes these thoughts we're having and not to believe that what we're thinking is truth. Just because you get a thought doesn't mean it's correct. That's why so many people stumble all sin begins with a lie. The enemy wants you and I to believe a lie. Then he will lead us on. The, uh, John 8 and 44 says the, that Satan is the father of lies. And if he, his will, his attempt is to try to get us to believe that lie that comes into our head, Think about the thought you had when brother so and so or sister and so and so didn't greet you and say hello and you passed them by. Where did your mind go? I bet they, oh, I don't know what's wrong with them. I guess there m- must be something between us. And then the mind begins to move forward and we create a big, unnecessary. Uh, dialogue about what sister or brother so-and-so, why they didn't speak to us. You weren't in their shoes. You don't know where they are today. They could be carrying a burden that's so heavy and they are preoccupied with something that just happened. We don't know. But our mind, if we can get our, if the enemy can get us to think about Oh, sister (laughs) so-and-so, I'm having nothing more to do with her. And they can go on with these kind of things. That's how he works. Be mindful of the trickery of the enemy. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, and we deceive ourselves all the time. Somebody comes along and says, how are you? I'm great. I'm good. When you're not. That's a lie. I'm good. And here you are. Burden of pain. Whatever's going on. But I'm good. Yeah. Be not conformed anymore to the pattern of the world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what you and I are all about as Christians renewing the mind. What we dwell on is what we have most recent in our memory bank. Paul said if you want to change, renew your mind, think new thoughts. And there'll always be those that will bombard in, but what do we do? Where are we going? Think spiritual thoughts, not material thoughts, is step one. There's a mo- difference between moral and being spiritual. We want to be moral, but there's more to the Christian life than just obeying rules, By just living the Ten Commandments. Great thing to do, and we should do it, but there's more than that. There's a world out there that we cannot see, that spiritual world, that realm in the heavenlies where battles are being fought all the time, where the enemy is, there is that wor- spiritual realm. Our Christian life consists primarily on our relationship with Jesus Christ. The intimacy of that relationship will also determine a lot of the times what's going through our head. Our actions will many times display what our thoughts are, and will also determine how uh, what our spiritual relationship is like. You and I need, and you've heard Pastor Keith say this: need to stop listening to the message of the world. You want to be depressed? Listen to the news. Even our local news lately is bad enough. Listen to the the music that uh, kids are listening to today. I listened to something. I heard my grandson playing a song, and I'm telling you, I shriveled. And it was profanity, 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 and that's all it was in the whole song. His grandmother asked him to turn it off. Well, we're old fogies. But he's learned that there's, uh, he now says, well, they're Christian. He got a message somehow that there's a difference and that what he, we uh, can't tolerate is because of who we are. But it's these things going into the mind all the time is going to feed us in the wrong direction. You think about the movies. How many movies can you see? There's not all kinds of inappropriate language, inappropriate displays of the body. Prof- uh, all of these things, whew, 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 into the memory bank they go. And just when you're standing in front of the people speaking, it oh, will oh, pop one of those pictures. Just like that. You and I need to see our life as a spiritual event. This place you and I are walking through is temporal. We're not here forever. We're just here for a very short time. We're like the dew on the grass. It's gone very quickly once the sun comes up, and then we're in, in a better place, hopefully, you need to recognize that the source of joy, peace, happiness, strength, and everything you and I need is found in that relationship with God and Jesus Christ. It's not in success. It's not in money. It's not in marriage. It's not in recreation or anything else. The bottom line is, if we're going to make it, and we're going to have joy and peace and all of that. It's all about our relationship with Jesus Christ and God the Father. Paul Wright wrote in 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, "We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may understand that what God has freely given us. There is no price. It's free." You and I are without excuse. Life is a spiritual event. You and I need to learn to think that way all the time. We won't always be successful. And then think positive thoughts and not negative thoughts. And I'm not talking about the uh, old, uh, you know, power of positive thinking there's a degree of element to that but you know you woke up this morning we've had five six seven eight days of sun and when I got up the clouds were heavy there was a bit of fog over the lake and I said well I guess we may get showers of blessing today now, I could have let the thought go through my head, oh, no, not going to rain today. But this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And that was my first two thoughts of the morning. And I thought, this is okay. At least I'm going in the right direction. I could have got, i Did it myself. Got up and grumped and groaned. It's Monday again, especially when you're in the workforce. Oh, dear. Not Monday already. And you're already down here when you really need to be up here. God is involved in our outcomes always. And he's interested in good outcomes for you and I. The process can be painful sometimes. He didn't promise it's a bed of roses. Sometimes there are things that come into our lives that are very painful. We don't know the reason why, and sometimes we won't know the reason why until we get to the other side. And then we can ask the question, or we'll understand it. You and I may have to endure a trial, but guess what? The outcome is always good. The trial is painful. The outcome will be good. Think about it. A lot of people worried this week about the economy when they saw the, the index drop 800 points. You can rest assured there were a lot of anxious people. Their thoughts were consumed all day long about their investments. We have no guarantee about our earthly investments, but we do have a 100% guarantee of our heavenly investment. What we invest in spiritual things will not corrupt, it will be what we take and lay at Christ's feet in that day when he comes back we need to limit the things that we dwell on that are earthly and spend our and put our mind on the things that are heavenly and spiritual the other things Feed that negative beast. I hate negativity. And it just, I lived in a household where I never heard a positive thought in the 15 years I lived there. I have friends and acquaintances, family members that live in a negative world. And you know what? You spend little time with them because if you're there too long, what happens to our mind? It spends into negative thinking. And so you and I have a responsibility. That's one way of our mind, allowing it to be positive. Even in the midst of the trial, it ain't going to last forever. I don't like it, Lord, but I know it's going to be good at the end. Now, are we 100% 24-7 thinking that? Probably not, if we're human at all. But we, get, we keep reminding ourselves and filling it. You see, Paul said in Philippians 4 and 8, Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. There goes negativity out the window when our mind is focused on all of those things. Some people think positive is just fluff. Pay close attention. We have a biblical command to think about uplifting positive things. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to be negative or think negative. It tells us to think positive. It doesn't say that because that kind of thinking will improve your life either. We have a conscious choice to make. Either I will think positive or I'll be negative. How many of you love to be around a negative person? Just, not it just... can pull you down very, very quickly. Instead of thinking about what a rotten Wretched person I am, which was is true, but I, that's not who I am in Christ. In Christ, I am a child of the king, I have all I am adopted into the family. Everything that is the father ha, the Father has. I can avail of he will bestow upon me good gifts and he's guaranteed me to live forever with him. So while, yeah, I'm washed in the blood. I'm still human. I'm still a broken vessel, but because he lives, I am wonderful. And you are wonderful. Regardless of what mistake we make today or tomorrow, it will be covered by the blood. Don't dwell there. Move on. Get rid of it. And then what about hope? The third thing in uh, renewing our mind is to think hope not despair. In the field in which I worked, I saw, a lot, I saw the loss of hope. There was no hope. No hope leads to death. The Bible talks a lot about hope. Hope is the assurance that everything will be okay. Paul wrote in Romans 5 and 5, and hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. The Bible, that verse gives us permission to live in hope. I've been in the position where, there, where I felt there was no hope for three years. My own fault that I stayed there that long. But, Let me tell you, no hope means death. You have nothing to live for. Nothing's gonna change. We have to live in hope. The God who created us, the God who knew us before we were born, the God who had a plan for our lives is still the same God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will sustain us and give us hope. Our only hope is in Christ Jesus. No, we don't understand everything that happens or why things happen. And we could see, I don't see any hope of that changing. He arose. He's alive. Therefore, things can change, and will change, either in our mind or in the situation. If we believe God is in control, why is it that we go around like a spin top? Sometimes, we get something. We hear, uh, we get, oh, let's say, a diagnosis. Where does the mind go? It dreams up the worst possible scenarios immediately. Or in my earlier days of marriage when my wife would go out and say, I'm going to be gone for an hour and was gone for eight, and I didn't know where she was, I was ready for murder by the time she got back because I fed on the thought, where is she She's probably in an accident, whatever. But thinking changes over time. What can I do about it? Not a thing. The police will call me if something happens. But otherwise, I'll just say a prayer, God protect her. And knowing that he will, that it's already in the plan that he has provided for her life. I don't, try, I don't have murder in my heart anymore when she's out and gone for hours. She's out fondling in some shop, or she's with two friends that I know who could uh, require a lot of talking. And so I've learned that I can trust God who's in control for the things that disturb, may disturb me the most, So we think hope, not despair. The other thing you and I can do is think eternity, not, temp- not temporary. As I said earlier, we're just pilgrims walking through a foreign land on our way to the eternal city. And again, in Colossians 3 and 2 we read, Set your mind on things above not on earthly things. What happens to you when you stop and you think about the crucifixion, the shed blood, the resurrection, the heavenly city? You read revelations about the gold, streets of gold. We don't know if they're gold or not, but that was the, what the, was given. The per, gates of pearl and all of the rest. Where, where do you go then? Not many negative thoughts falling through there. There's hope I'm going. I can't wait to get there. I want, you know, what we feed helps what happens up here. How many of you heard someone say, will it still matter in 25 years or 10 years or five years or tomorrow? Many of the things that we get caught up in will make no difference tomorrow or 25 years from now. It's sort of like picking your battles. Which battle am I going to fight? Is it worth the energy and the benefit? Is it for something eternal? Or is it an earthly thing? And maybe it ain't worth fighting over at all. In the light of eternity, does it make a difference? You and I need to fill our days with activities to which the answer would be, yes, this will stand to be important in eternity. We're here for but a season. Changing our minds is not easy. Henry Ford said, Thinking is the hardest work there is. That's probably why so few people engage in it. (laughs) But thinking the way Paul asks us to think is not easy. We have to train ourselves and we're going to stumble. And you know what? That's okay. What will... um, we can get so the mind, the thought comes into your head could be attached to an emotion and what do you do with it i can feed it if i feed that emotion it's going to lead to desire and if i feed the desire it's going to lead to action it needs to be cut off You and I, to make a real difference in our individual lives, it's all about taking control of our thought life. And plugging in the word, that's why my memory shot. And so what I read this morning is gone within an hour. Even if I write it down, I, can't, I can only remember a word or two. But what comes back in my head are the things I memorized as a child. And so the Holy Spirit has something to work with. To uh, plug in so that uh, we can have those thoughts. We can get our eyes on material things. And you know what? I said to my wife... We spent the first half of our life or three quarters of our life collecting and we're spending the last quarter of our life throwing it out because nobody wants it. How stupid was all of that? We didn't need, obviously didn't need it. But we collected. We've downsized three, four times. And we still got too much. And that's the way... When we focus on uh, material and we go after, we accumulate. Ephesians 5 and 26 tells us that we are cleansed with the washing of water by the word. There are things that will be cleansed, things in our minds, things that deal with conduct, things that have to do with character and attitude. They're cleansed by water. Water here is symbolic, referring to the word of God as well as to the Holy Spirit. That's what renews our mind. That is what God desires for each one of us, that our minds are renewed. And it's not renewed forever. It's a daily renewal of that mind because we're human beings. So, what is the state of our mind and our thought life this morning? Are we washing it with the water of the Word? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to transform that mindset? Or are we lying to ourselves? that our mind is good and that we're filling it. What are we filling it with? We may be broken, human beings, but in one sense we're whole because of Jesus Christ. And so while I still have cracks He took the old pottery and the clay and he took the broken piece of life and he put it all together. And when I was in Southland, we had to ask the question to God and then write down what he said about. And the question was, God, what do you think of me? Well, I thought that's a brave question to ask. I was amazed at what God said. He said, you're okay. Your life is a tapestry. And he began to tell me all about how the things that had happened over my life had designed a picture. And he said, it's beautiful to behold what I have done. Not what I had done, what he had done. He took the broken clay, put it together, and weaved a beautiful tapestry that's not complete yet and will not be complete until I get to the other side. You all coming with me to the party on the other side? Hey. Great day ahead, folks. We don't have to worry about our thoughts there. We don't have to worry about our tongue or anything else. We're just marching through. God's grace is sufficient for the day and for the hour. And everything you and I need has been provided for. Indeed. God is good. So I'm finished.